What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets Podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, here once again with the best co-host, Chris Thompson. Man, I tell you what, I'm excited to be here, Danny. It's good to see you. Man, you know what? It's good to see you too. And this week, we have another great guest on the show, and I can't wait to share this episode with our listeners because it is just filled with good stuff. So what are we talking about this week, Chris? I'm glad you asked, Danny. Uh, this week, we brought in John Kocha from Elevate Commercial Investment Group. John's a really cool guy. Uh, we talk about how he got started in real estate, and we talked about you know the traits that are necessary for success in real estate. Uh, we also talk about why it's important to align yourself with a team that shares the same you know, goals and outlook when it comes to investing. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in this episode. And, uh, you know, I took a lot away from it personally, and I know that our listeners are going to do the same. But a couple of quick things before we jump into the show. If you're a passive investor or you're looking to get into passive investing, head over to our website at twosmartassets.com. There we have some great resources for passive investors. First, you can get our guide to passive investing in apartment syndications. It's just a simple overview of how you can get started uh, passively investing in apartment syndications or check out our sample deal. This sample deal is going to give you an idea of what you can expect to receive from an operator when an opportunity comes up and right now we're starting to see activity kind of increase a little bit. So be being primed and ready for when those deals come across your way, it's going to be good. And with that being said, after checking these out, if you have any questions about the topics that come up in the passive investing guide or the sample deal, don't hesitate to send us a message. You can go to our website again, to smartassets.com, the contact us page. You can leave us a message there or you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We post multiple times a day send us a message or drop us a comment on one of our posts. We'd love to connect with everybody. Also, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to iTunes or wherever you're listening or watching this podcast and leave us a rating or review. It's really going to help us reach more like-minded individuals that could benefit from this type of information. We're trying to reach as many people as we can because we believe that there's a serious benefit to growing your wealth through passive income or just growing your wealth through multiple streams of income. So we really want to reach as many people as we can and just spread the word. So if you can, please do us a favor, leave us a rating, review, rating and written review. We'd really appreciate it. All right. Well, now that's covered. Let's head into the show. Hey, everybody. Today's guest is John Akocha. John is the Vice President of Acquisitions for Elevate Commercial Investment Group. He previously worked at We Buy Homes, where he managed acquisitions for a single-family real estate portfolio. There, he started a new division within the company, which increased, increased acquisitions by over 75% in less than a year. John came to uh, Elevate uh, Commercial Investment Group over a year and a half ago, and within a span of one year, they went from 37 units to over 1,700 units, therefore increasing their portfolio by over 3,000%. Their most recent acquisition was a five-property, 1,275-unit uh, portfolio in Houston, and their next acquisition is an 850-unit complex in Oklahoma City. John, it's great to see you again, my man. How you doing? Man, it's great to see you as well, man. It's great to see you doing, looking well. You guys are looking great. You know, I, uh, I shaved, I shaved off my beard and I feel a little, uh, naked right now. So I'm thinking I have to grow it back out. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. So, so, you know, John, like I said, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, we touched on some of your experience in the bio, but you know, really go a little back further in your story and tell us how you first got interested in real estate investing. What was, what was the thing that sparked you? Man, so it all started, uh, back in high school. One of my really, really good friends, he gave me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, you know, I read that book and I've never looked back since. So I read the book and it really gave me the, you know, that real estate bug, really the, the entrepreneurship bug. And, you know, I started learning about 
assets and liabilities, started learning about how, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're, you're very resourceful, how to look at doing things in a different way, you know, instead of, um, you know, doing things in one way, like realizing that there's multiple ways to skin the cat, you know, when it comes to business or just things in general. Um, so from there, I went to, I went to multiple seminars and that's when I actually met my first millionaire. So I met my first millionaire at a rich dad, poor dad seminar. Oh, nice. and, uh, and I remember her name. Her name was, I believe it was Jesse Connors, I believe. And she was actually on the apprentice with Donald Trump. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, it was pretty, that was pretty cool. And um, so she went from living in RV parks to owning RV parks. And, you know, that was my first time meeting a millionaire. You know, when I met one in person, I was like, wow, you know, this is real. Like people can actually get rich, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and I was the first guy back there, you know, of course they were going to sell something. And I was, the first <laughs> guy back there. I was like 17. I like worked at like McDonald's, paid for it with my own money and all that stuff. And just kind of wow. went from there, started wholesaling, uh, went to college and then, you know, worked for a wholesale company and then went from there to, to elevate, you know, I remember when I first tra well, transitioned from, wholesaling properties to uh, acquisitions on the single family side and then trend then went from the single family acquisitions to the multifamily acquisitions um yeah i had to, I had to prove myself you know i had to let the people know and especially at elevated let them know that you know, I'm, you know i'm here to make things happen and you know within the first the first month first 30 days uh, we had uh, loi for over 400 units wow that's amazing so, yeah, so oh, go ahead, Chris. No, I, I was going to say, you know, you, you bring obviously like a certain, uh, a certain skill set to that. Like, would you mind like elaborating to some extent? Like, I mean, like what were they not doing that you came in and you just totally like rock their world uh, by a far amount? I mean, that's, I'm sure that's got a lot of people curious. Well, um, you know, they're, they have multiple businesses and, you know, I had time. Well, they, for, well, for one thing, they saw, we, we did business before together. So when I was doing single family acquisitions, I was actually buying from their company. So I bought maybe three or four, I think we bought maybe four or five properties from them. And we already had a working relationship. They, they knew me, they knew I was a pretty good person. Um, they knew that, you know, I meant what I said when I, you know, when, when we did things and, um, you know, they actually, they, they, one of the people that worked for the company, they she approached me and said, "Hey, would you like to join you know our single family division?" And I told them I wasn't interested. You know, I never want to look at a single family house ever again. You know, <laughs> so that's what I told them. <laughs> <laughs> we like, all oh, know that feeling. I think so. <laughs> We're it's like all I never, I never want to see a house ever again. You know. <laughs> uh, <that's>... You know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, so that's a, I guess the question I have in regards to that is you went from the, you know, the single family to the, the multifamily. Uh, what, and you're saying, you know, you never want to see another single family home again. You know, we're kind of in the same boat as well, but what, what, what were those actual reasons? You know, some of the listeners thinking, you know, we can succeed in single family because some people, right. you know, a lot of people do really, and you know, they move into multifamily. So what do you think those things are that drove you to the multifamily? It kind of just like pushed you away from that single family uh, life, really. Yeah, I think it really boils down to personality. I think that when it comes to business, I think it's more of an art form than a science. You know, um, you know, some people 
when it comes to single family that just if it fits their personality better you know they love talking to homeowners they love talking to you know whole they love wholesaling you know it, i think it's really more of an art form kind of thing for me uh just being the middleman i didn't really like being the middleman you know in wholesaling you have to please both sides and a lot of times you have to you, know, you have to hold everyone's hand in order to get to the close and you know it was just it was just something that i couldn't see myself doing long term and uh, i've always wanted to do multifamily. you know i think that's where the fortune is made i think that's where you know i can see myself working just you know me myself personally and it was, you know it's what i wanted to do you know i see myself reaching my goals quicker and i see myself being able to provide more value that way absolutely yeah so i, I uh so transitioning to that so we have a lot of people who are who are passive investors and you know they kind of they kind of dip their toe into it like god this is awesome or maybe they have some experience doing some single families or seeing uh, some other type of real estate investing but for somebody who wants to kind of move into an actor role, you've been very successful in, in the single family acquisition side and then also now the multifamily acquisition side. How, did you, how would you say somebody get involved? You know, hey, man, I want to be, be a part of an active team. What do you think is some, some good advice for somebody trying to make that transition? Yeah, I'd say first identify what role you want to play. You know, once you identify the role that you want to play, you can then um, – attach yourself to someone who's missing that role you know here at elevate they were looking for someone who can find properties for them that's something that i specialize in that's something that i liked doing so you know it was a it was a perfect fit you know that's that's basically what happened it was a perfect fit you know they needed someone to look for properties and i was someone to look for properties right so you're kind of just playing to your strengths there so i think that's i think it's a a great piece of advice for a lot of our listeners you know really focus on your strengths obviously you want to work on your weak points too but uh being able to focus on your strengths and really uh, achieve and grow into something uh i think is is pretty important so that's uh that's amazing so uh you know what do you, what would you say you know playing to your strengths obviously you said you've succeeded at um you know being acquisitions i want to talk specifically about acquisitions can you tell us a little bit say like day to day maybe you can talk about your single family stuff uh your previous job or you can talk about the stuff uh here at uh, elevate uh, what does your day-to-day -day role look like in an acquisitions management position it's a really good question uh now it's a little bit different from when we first started because now our name's out there you know we're on a lot of social media so uh there are people that'll send us deals to our email there are people that will call us and tell us that they have deals that are brokers they'll call us and tell us that we had deals that they have deals uh but at the beginning you know, it was every single day. I mean, I'll dedicate maybe three to four hours every single day just being on the phone, talking to different brokers. You know, I remember going through LoopNet and just calling every single broker on LoopNet, you know, um, and then would go on CoStar and would download an, an entire broker's list on CoStar and I'll just call every single broker. You know, I would dedicate maybe three to four hours every single day just doing that. And then responding to emails, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was basically what I did. I mean, it was, it was cold calling. It was cold calling for brokers. You know, um, what we did is we partnered with a, um, we partnered with a guy who owned uh, multiple apartments out of, uh, out of Ohio. And um, what we did is we combined our, our schedules, our real estate schedules. So what happens is, you know, you can talk to the brokers and the, so the brokers will take you seriously you tell them, you know, we have like 2000 units or, you know, us and our partners, which is, you know, which is true. Um, 
and then they'll start sending you deals. You know, they'll, they'll test you, they'll send you a deal, and then you answer them back. You try to answer them back as quickly as possible. You know, whether or not it will work for you, or whether it won't, or will, whether it will work for you, whether it won't work for you. You know, if the number is a little bit off, that sort of thing. Um, and it's just building that relationship. You know, building that relationship with a broker. And once you're able to solidify that relationship, they'll keep sending you deals, especially the ones that are off market, which are the ones that no one else is seeing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's perfect. Uh, you know, like you, I see you have, uh, you know, kind of a, an array of, uh, of stuff, you know, whether it be in Houston or lot, you know, I guess Texas and, and Oklahoma. And I guess maybe I think I saw one in Georgia or whatever. Like, is there anything about those particular things that are like, well, I guess what's drawn you to those markets? Like, Personally, you know, I live in Oklahoma. We grew up in Oklahoma, and and my and working in real estate and dealing with single family homes, whatever. Like my first thought is, like I wanted to like go away from Oklahoma, and it's not for any real real reason. But I was just curious, like what are your uh, what are your criteria when you're looking for? uh, I mean, like I see you focus. uh, There's a pretty big focus on Houston or whatever, but like, what are you, what's drawn you to these markets and what kind of criteria are you looking for in terms of like the property types, year, make and model kind of idea? Yeah. So we specialize in say to be multifamily um, value add. Uh, We typically look for deals that are in B areas that, um, that are you know that need a strong value add component. We have our own construction company, so if we can we can go into a apartment complex that needs a lot of you know a lot of capex, we can go and we can do it ourselves. Um, so that so th- so that's you know with as far as what we look for, that's what we look for. Uh, as far as the certain markets, we look for places with very strong job growth. Uh, we look at what happened during 2008, as far as the recession, you know, we looked at how the market reacted during the recession. So we do that stress test there. And, um, and you know, which is very, very important because you can see, you see what's going on right now with mm-hmm. COVID and our deal in Houston is doing very well because we, we applied those measures when we were looking for the deal uh, in, the, in the first place before, prior to COVID. So that that's mainly what we look for. We look for places with very strong population growth. We look for places that have very very strong job growth, uh, and then we look for places that have done well during the 2008 recession. Sure. Good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a lot of great points there. One thing I want to touch on, just because I have a little bit of experience uh, within uh, certain markets, like the Texas markets and Oklahoma markets. So, uh, you know, working in the oil and gas industry, I know that these oh, yeah. areas can be very volatile, right? Very volatile. But you know, markets carry on. You know, and spend, especially you know with the COVID stuff and everything that's happening right now, a lot of a lot of moving parts. But I still think you look at it, Texas markets, they've become more diversified as time has gone on, you know? So uh, you have spots like Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, right? They're not just oil and gas, like maybe they were 10 years ago or whatever. So I think despite COVID and despite a lot of job losses in uh, oil and gas specifically, I, I, you know, Texas is still going to be one of the stronger markets or a lot of those different markets in there. And, you know, we have, a, we know a lot of people are looking at Texas, but oh, yeah. even despite of the job losses with COVID in Texas, and obviously you're, you're utilizing some sort of uh, sensitivity test, sensitivity analysis in your deals. Do you see um, Texas markets, the main Texas markets, or even maybe some uh, secondary or tertiary markets still thriving going forward? 100%. Uh, you said it best. Uh, 
Texas, they're, they're, not, they're diversifying. And if you look at Houston, you look at the medical district in Houston, you look at uh, the other industries in Houston, you know, it's a, it's a very diverse market. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, I mean, so when it comes to even the markets that are around, even the cities that are around Houston, um, you know, some people look at Houston as just the city of Houston and some people look at Houston, they look at the city, the Houston Metro. Right. We look at it more, you know, the Houston Metro when it comes to look, analyzing deals. So really anything in that Metro is something that we'd be willing to take a look at. Houston is a, a massive yeah. area. I lived there for a little while. You know, you go north, you got the Conroe and the Willis and all that, and you can go around all the rest of the areas. It's a massive area. So there's, there's a lot of room for opportunity. And like you said, if the, uh, the job diversity is, is going forward the way that it is, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity there. So, so with that being said, we know you have a deal. Uh, we've, you've done some deals in Texas and Oklahoma. Are you focusing on any other state, any markets in any other states besides those two? Right now, our main focus is on our deal in Oklahoma City. Uh, it's really much, it's pretty, it's pretty much all hands on deck on that deal right now. Um, but we are interested in looking at the Carolinas, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina. We'll do a deal in Florida. We'll look at, we'll look at Tennessee, you know, those areas. We'll, we'll do a deal over there. That's awesome. That's pretty, that's pretty good. I think we have a, have a pretty common interest in all those same markets. I mean, I oh, think definitely. we're all seeing some of the same identifiers and the fact that uh, a lot of those already had underlying fundamentals, you know, prior to anything that's happened this year, they were already rocking and rolling. And, you know, despite what's happened this year, obviously they're going to, they're going to come back, you know, recover probably fairly nicely. You know, uh, I, I mean, we're all on the same page. So I like that. 100%, 100%. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all, we're all, we're all in the same boat. <laughs> so speaking of that, you know, we're talking about all this craziness happening, a lot of moving parts. And, you know, the main question is, you know, what's going to happen? How is this all going to unfold really? So in regards specifically to multifamily, large multifamily, you know, markets are different, so they're not going to be the same. But John, what do you think uh, is how this is going to progress? Do you think we're still going to see um, good stuff uh, in regards to multifamily? You think we're going to see some sort of retraction when it comes out? What are your thoughts on that? That's a really, really, really good question. Um, huh. I think it really is. I really, I think it's really going to depend on the, the, I really, I think these next 30 days, you know, I believe that unemployment's going to run out within these next 30 days. So we'll see how that's going to affect the market. I mean, when it comes to multifamily in general, I think we're going to be pretty strong, especially in B uh, areas. I think we're going to be really, really strong. Um, you know, other, other uh, asset classes like commercial are taking huge hits. You know, if you look, if, I mean, all these, you see all these retailers going out of business following chapter 11. Um, but I think when it comes to multifamily, everyone is going to need a place to stay. So I think that we'll be looking pretty good in, within these next couple of, uh, couple of months. Uh, we might see a lot, of, a lot of deals coming online though. Uh, you know, the, within the next 90 to 120 days, uh, we might see a lot of deals coming online just with people who haven't been managing their properties very well. You know, people that just, you know, aren't able to weather the storm. Uh, I think we might see a lot of properties coming online, which is going to, you know, give a lot of opportunities for the people that are actually been, you know, going with the fundamentals and actually been more con- on the conservative side. I, I think, I think that's, it. I think that couldn't actually be more accurate. Uh, that's exactly what I've been kind of, you know, what do I know over here? But that's kind of like what I've been kind of predicting in my own mind, you know, 
and it goes back to those underlying fundamentals. We know opportunity is just around the corner because we got people yeah. that weren't stress testing this stuff or they're mismanaging or whatever. And so like, I'm actually kind of excited, you know, like we just kind of just keep talking to everyone, see what they're turning up. And it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, I don't want to necessarily pray or think about it in terms of like preying on those, you know, those opportunities that come up, but they're coming no matter what. And uh, I think it's, I think it's just exciting. You don't know what, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know who's yeah, that's true. the final no, check. No one knows what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly, man. I, and I think it goes to what you both are saying right now, even within the last month uh, or, you know, maybe like six weeks, just as a passive investor, we've seen a, uh, a few, at least a few deals coming across, you know, our inboxes mm -hmm. or in emails, you know, just opportunities. Uh, and then I think the couple months before that, I didn't see any, you know, I mean, just, just as a passive investor, you know, so uh, being able to see some of this activity tick up, I think it's a good sign. Um, and kind of what you both, what you both are saying, um, you know, you want to see good deals. You don't want anybody to be in a bad position, but I think this is probably just a natural part of the cycle, right? These are, these are just kind of how things work. So um, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. Uh, very excited as well, obviously trying to grow into this thing and you know, everybody wants to increase their investments as much as possible. So I think that's uh, pretty important. So absolutely. All right, John, uh, I just want to kind of transition a little bit. So you've made it to um, uh, Elevate and you're doing big things, man, major moves. Like you said, you've decreased the portfolio in the last, what, year and a half by over 3000%, I think is what we talked about. Um, you know, you're succeeding at a high level at this. You came in, you've been there for a year and a half. Let's talk about the team that you're a part of and how important it is to have that special team in place, the right team, the team members, the people in there to, to really succeed in this, in this business. 100%. It, they have to share the same vision. You know, it's very, very difficult to go after an objective if everyone on the team isn't on the same page doesn't have the same um, object, doesn't have the same vision and ethical things as well. You know, if y'all don't have a very high uh, integrity and very high ethics, it's a uh, very difficult, it was far as trust and other things like that. And, you know, it's a lot of people that will work with people that they don't necessarily trust. And that's, you know, it's going to come back, come back to bite you in the long run. You know, it's not, it's not worth it. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to worry about things when you go to sleep at night and it's just, it's just not worth it. So, I'd say definitely pick people that you trust. Um, definitely work with people that have high integrity um, and work with people that have that share the same vision. You know, people that are willing to work hard and willing to get things done. You know, because you, you might even have, they might even, they might even be a good person, but they might not, you know, want to get to the same place as you, might not want be willing to put in the same work, as, work effort as you, you know. And also you want to be with, around people that make you a better person as well that people that you can grow with. Grow with. You know, yeah, I, I think we talk, we talk, sorry, Danny, we talk about this a lot, you know, just in terms of, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the market, the, the deal or the sponsor itself, you know, like what's, what's, what makes the deal, you know, what makes these things happen. Right. And I, I'm sure you can probably agree. I know Danny agrees, like the, the sponsor, you know, those partners like can turn, you know, <laughs> God, Golly, they could turn turn a terrible deal into something good or on, on the opposite end of that spectrum, like have a great deal. You have people that aren't on the same page. There's no clarification in goals and agenda and you have a good deal and just run it into the ground. So, I mean, I, I think it just starts right here with it, like base camp is right there with the, with the, with the, 
the sponsors and the people actually controlling it. And if you, my mom always said like integrity is what you have when you think no one is looking. And 100%. I, 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 that kind of like rings true, like almost, almost every day, you know, it's just yeah. take, take a couple more seconds, do work a little bit harder. And uh, I mean, if you can't have people like that around you, I'm sorry, it might not work that great. I 100% agree. You know, uh, I 100% agree with everything you just said. <laughs> I think I think that uh, you know when you when you're trying to evaluate these because it's just like a job interview, right? Say if you somebody who works a W job, they're going to be interviewed for the job. Well, you kind of need to interview that person as well too, right? So I think it kind of goes with you know building a team as well. You need to be interviewing these people and learning you know what they're good at. Like you said, integrity is massive part of this trust and all that stuff, but. The thing is, I think where a lot of people get hung up is in the actual due diligence process of vetting people, right? And, you know, uh, whether you're good at it or not, I think uh, one thing you need to do, especially as a passive investor, you know, not necessarily talking about getting a job somewhere or joining a team, but really as a passive investor, you are joining a team. And if you're not doing the due diligence and, you know, communicating with these people and trying to understand where they're coming from and what their track record is, I think track record is probably another huge part of this. Yeah, then you're doing yourself a disservice. You need to be paying attention to the tracker. And John, I'm sure it's something you did too when you went to Elevate, right? 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, one of the things that uh, caught my attention is the deal that they did and the partners that they partnered with. You know, um, they partnered with Tim Bratz on the first deal. Oh, and it was funny because uh, I believe about 30 days before that, 30 days before I spoke with uh, the team, uh, I was I was looking at one of his uh, podcasts interviews, and that's you know I was like, well, I like this guy a lot. And then I'm like, oh, we're we're partnering with him. I was like, oh, interesting. You know, so, wow. Yeah, that's a that's that's really cool. But uh, all right, John, well, we're kind of running out of time on the show. But before we run out of time, uh, we want to shine the spotlight on you, my man. So tell the listeners what you have going on. Yeah. Uh, so right now we got a we got a, a 850 unit deal in Oklahoma City going uh, that we are currently have under contract. It's a 506C uh, deal. And if you're interested in diversifying your portfolio, looking for a place where it's one of the top rated markets in the United States, you know, give me a ring. You know, give me give me a call. Give me uh, an email. Send me an email. I can submit the details on it. Awesome. That's uh, that's perfect. So how can listeners get a hold of you or find more about what you're doing at Elevate? Yeah. Uh, so my email is uh, John, that's J-O-H-N at Elevate. Uh, that's E-L-E-V-A-T-E-C-I-G.com. And you can reach me, uh, my first and last name on Facebook or Instagram. That's uh, J-O-H-N-O-K-O-C-H-A. And you can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Perfect, man. I know you guys are doing big things. And I know uh, you're on all those social media platforms. We see Elevate stuff all over the place. You guys yep. are crushing it on social media for sure. Uh, and you're making big moves, uh, you know, finding deals and making making those deals happen. So, you know, we're excited to see you guys grow and uh, keep doing keep doing what you're doing for sure. Absolutely. I really, so. really appreciate that. Uh, you know, if there's anything I can do, you know, please let me know. I'm really excited about making things happen and you know excited to to you know work with to partner with people and make things happen so i'm really excited to uh, be able to you know talk to more people and partner with good people you know that's that's what it's all about you know john i i uh i really appreciate you know you taking the time to actually sit down and hang out with us for a little while you know i i think daniel probably agree you know we we admire what you're doing what elevates doing uh you know i think you're a super cool dude you got a lot of things going on and uh 
I really look forward to uh, just continuing this relationship and maybe having you on again one day or uh, and just sitting down, hanging out. I don't know, man. You seem like a cool dude. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, whenever you are ready for that Texas barbecue, you know, let, we can make something happen. <laughs> Excellent. Man, next time, next time I'm in the Dallas area, yeah, that's where we're going straight you, away, you, man. You know, you, you, know what to, you know what to call. You know what to call. I got to be honest with you. I might embarrass you with how much barbecue I eat, so just be ready for that. <laughs> that's, Anyways. That, that's fine with me. <laughs> All right, good deal. All right, well, it was, it was good having you on the show, John. Like I said, I uh, hope to have you back on. Uh, as soon as possible for sure it's been a great conversation but uh, that's all we have for today so to our listeners thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week later